Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So 2020 has been a remarkable year. I mean, that just doesn't even explain half of it, right? And we've been working on the word empowerment for the year. So a lot of the podcasts that we've been recording have been according to a certain word that each letter of the word empowerment means. So this month we're on N and my team thought it would be great to have it mean nourish. So it means to sustain, supply what is necessary for life and health and growth. It means to cherish, foster, keep alive, strengthen, build up, promote, and rejuvenation, taking time to rest. And I know I personally have been called to rest, you know, to when my body is saying, I'm, I'm done, then going and sitting outside, taking a nap, that kind of thing. So I ask you, what is it that you need to feel nourished? What is it that you need to rejuvenate. And you might want to just kind of um, doodle on that, you know, noodle on it, mind map it. That's my big thing of what it is you need. And, and then begin to make that part of your routine, not just doing your little yoga online thing, which is important, but what else do you need to nourish your soul? And perhaps it's meditation. Enjoy the show. So today we're going to have a nourishing conversation, something that's going to fill you up and hopefully uh, give you a lot to think about. But before we jump in there, I just want to remind everybody that I have a Facebook group, Live Your Empowered Life. That's where I'm doing a lot of workshops now. So if you're interested in doing a workshop free or otherwise, whatever, uh, drop into the group, join the group, and um, you can see what we're up to because in that group we are activating light leaders uh, because that is what 2020 evidently is all about. And the other thing is go to my website, susanburrell.com, and you can see when the next uh, Journey Circle book study of my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey, uh, at, will begin because we're doing a few more uh, book studies. So anyway, that's that's that. And today my guest is a woman who has traversed, that's a word, traversed a, 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 an amazing, empowering now life story. Mm-hmm. And she started her own company and her, she has a podcast called Hungry for Happiness. I want to welcome Samantha Skelly. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and to uh, share all I can with your listeners. Yeah. So you, I'm just going to talk a bit about you. Um, (laughs) you, You're helping people, you're coaching people um, who have uh, body image issues Mm. that have some sort of a, a possible eating disorder and you're doing it with a lot of love a lot of light 
and coming from your own experience. So will you mm. share a little bit of your story with us, Samantha? Absolutely. So I grew up in the entertainment industry. So I grew up as a dancer and an actress, and we all know how screwed up entertainment in Hollywood is. Yep. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> Especially right now with everything coming to the light. And so, so for, for my whole life, I had a lot of pressure on my body and I had, I had a lot of body image issues when I was younger. Now, none of that manifested into eating disorders until later, until I was 18. So when I was 18 years old, I stopped dancing. I stopped acting. I got out of entertainment and I, I started traveling. And through my journey of traveling, I traveled to 33 countries in four years. And wow. in that journey, it was a beautiful journey. And I started to have a really unhealthy relationship to food. So my first diet was when I was 18 years old and it was the classic cabbage soup diet. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of. Oh my God. Um, my, I was just thinking about this. Oh my God. My mother had us on the cabbage soup diet. No way. Oh yes. And oh uh, I, but I, I was on a diet my entire teenage mm. life because my mother was on a diet. So That's we tried it. all that kind of strange. That's stuff. what happens, okay. you know? It's a, there's an interesting mother-daughter connection when it comes to dieting. And I think so often, you know, daughters see their mothers dieting and they it's, you know, they just think, "Oh, that's the way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my first diet. And so I I was that was the first diet of a phase that I call my diet depression which is really deeply uh, written about in my, in, my, in my book. And the diet depression days when I was on over 50 diets in less than four years, and I had no idea how to eat like a normal person. I was so disconnected from my body. I couldn't tell the difference between what is an emotional hunger cue and what is a physical hunger cue. I was so disconnected from, from that. And throughout that journey, I constantly wondered if I would ever be able to just not feel crazy around food and just, just not feel like I was going to lose it every five seconds. And so I struggled with food addiction, overeating, undereating. Then I struggled with exercise addiction, where if I didn't exercise for at least two hours a day, pushing my body to the absolute limit, then I would be considered a failure. I was lazier or what have you. And so that journey went on for years and years and years. And I was trying to heal myself through putting band-aids on bullet wounds. So trying, let me try this and let me do this and let me read this and let me blah, blah, blah. And I was trying all these things until I realized that none of that stuff was working. Mm -hmm. And it was only, it was making it worse. You know, when you're trying to heal an eating disorder and everyone tells you to focus on managing your food, it's like, wait, what? (laughs) It's just going to drive myself crazy. Right, right, right. I still got that going on. I got to tell you. Oh, 91% of people. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. 91% of women. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, this was 10 years ago and I, I read Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. And I was like, I'm going to go to Bali because she was, went, went to Bali. She had to go find herself. So I went to Bali and I ended up looking up the energy healer that she went to in Bali going to him, he poked me with sticks and he said, my, he said, your brain is too busy. Your brain is broken. <laughs> you think too much. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> He goes, you need to meditate. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I, I hated meditation for many, for many years. And, and I, I couldn't do it because I would sit down and try and meditate. And my brain was just so busy. It was all over the place. And I'm like, I can't meditate. And so I found breath work in mm. Bali. 
And breath work is beautiful because it is an active meditation and the breath does the work for us. The breath allows the mind to relax. And I couldn't get my mind to relax and my life dependent on it through meditation. So this was just like such a, such a beautiful, such a beautiful experience. And so I ended up using breath work every single day of my life after that experience because it was so profound for me. And I healed myself through breath. And then I started my company, Hungry for Happiness. So helping, which is still going today, helping thousands of people all around the world with disordered eating, emotional eating, binge eating, overeating, body image issues, and walking them through the process that I went through when I healed myself. And so that's what I write about in my next book of um, how to actually move through this because it's so challenging for so many people and it's so confusing. We can't just stop eating. You know, right. it's not like, it's not like any other addiction where we're like, oh, we'll just stop, you know, you can't stop that. So it's always in your awareness and that can be a very triggering thing. So, um, yeah, my mission with Hungry for Happiness is to heal the world from disordered eating and help people just reconnect back into their bodies and, and really learn how to use food for health and hunger. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love mm. that mission. And I love that, um, that you were able to find something that actually helped because I, I know, uh, uh, I know of young women, right, who are, ha- who are in the throes of eating disorders. Actually, I have um, a friend of mine whose daughter is in and out of, um, it's not rehab centers, but in and out rehab of centers. A, yes. Mm-hmm. And she leaves and, and she rewinds back and it's, and she's at a potentially dangerous time in her life where if she continues down the road she's on she's gonna die and my friend is just having to like let go of her daughter because her daughter is unable to change Mm. that so how does that work then samantha how does Mm. how do you un how do you unhook from that kind of a Mm. a dangerous disorder yeah we have to feel in order to heal. And this is the biggest thing that I, oh. you know, yeah. like we got to get, we first have to understand why that individual is afraid of being in their body, why they're afraid of feeling, why they're afraid of their emotionality. And so with someone with anorexia, which th- that's what this sounds like, yeah, um, it's, it's a, it's a distortion in the leaving pattern. So they want to leave their body. They want to get out of their body. They don't feel safe to be in their body. They don't feel safe to be on the planet. They don't feel safe with their emotions. So there's a, a deep lack of safety. Yes. And so their way of doing that is I'm going to abandon my body. I'm not going to nurture it. Like there would be times when I was in my restrictive patterns where it'd be 530 at night and I hadn't eaten a single thing. And I didn't even notice. I wasn't even hungry because I was so disconnected from any emotions. I was so numbed out. And so the process of, of, of helping someone with a restrictive pattern is embodiment. We got to embody, you know, we have to embody the, and, and begin to feel and have wake up that felt sense in the body, begin to change our relationship to emotionality, change our relationship to pain. So it doesn't feel like this, like, Oh, can't handle it. I got to leave my body. And so, and then the same thing on the other side of the spectrum where we have the, you know, the, we call it the enduring pattern where it's like the binge eater. Like I'm going to eat, 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 eat. And like, you can't stop me. You can't make it. There's another, there's a distortion there too of like, I don't know what to do with the food and I don't know what to do with the emotions in my body. So I'm going to use food as a drug and I'm going to numb and numb and numb and numb and numb until I can't feel. And then I'm either going to restrict or I'm going to throw up or I'm just going to gain a bunch of weight. 
And so, you know, when we have in our conflicts and we're at war with the self, taking it out on food and body is a very obvious answer for many people. It is, especially for someone, so going back to this felt sense of, I don't feel safe, right? right? Well, for an individual who doesn't feel safe, and by the way, safety is, we need safety. We got to feel safe. It's the, primary, feel safe. it's the primary foundation of all, you've got a, you've got a triangle behind you, yeah. a Maslow yeah. Pure, yeah. Uh, pyramid of hierarchy. The bottom line is you got to feel safe. Yes, exactly. And so when we don't feel safe, what do we do? We, tr- we control. We hyper control, we control things. And so for, for someone who has anorexia, bulimia, any sort of eating disorders, like the easiest thing that we can control is what? Our food. And so, so there's a, a, a false sense of safety. It's not true safety, but there's a false sense of safety knowing if I control and I have X amount of calories and I work out X amount, it'll give me this result. Even though this is unhealthy, I'm going to control this day in and day out, day in and day out so that this finally, I, I finally feel like this felt sense of like, okay, I'm okay here. Right. But that's, but that's a, a distorted reality. It's not, it's not a truth. So what, so Completely. Samantha, I want to understand this. I, okay, hold on. So when I was a teenager, like I said, my mom had us on diets all the time because she needed to lose weight. Um, and, and I remember, you know, being 15, 16, 17. And if I, if I was over a hundred pounds, I was fat. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if I was, if I got bigger than a size two or size three at that time, you know, I was overweight and that's how I saw myself, you know? And, um, and as I crossed over into a certain age now, you know, and you watch your body just put on because the change of life and all that, your body just starts storing again and stress and um, cortisol and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so women in mid-age, their body just changes and, and it doesn't matter how fast, how much you do, it doesn't, you can't control that extra weight gain. Mm -hmm. Well, you, me, I'm talking me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have friends like that. So coming from that, you know, the, the previous background of not, I had to be a size three to now where I look in the mirror and I'm like, I have really got to love this body because this is the body I got now. This isn't, it is, there is nothing wrong with this body. Mm -hmm. There is nothing I need to, uh, harm myself over mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally right mm-hmm. so when there so it sounds like there's usually some sort of old you mentioned uh putting band-aids on a bullet wound for mm-hmm. your story it sounds like for many people that have these kinds of eating um issues that there is an there is an originating wounding or an ongoing wounding in childhood mm. is that is that true yeah there's many you know when we when we grow up we have well it's it's also nature versus nurture right so yeah. again we talked about like the mothers if we, if we're seeing our mothers being in patterns of dieting and hating their body and shaming their body and saying things like i'm fat oh, i need to lose weight i need to lose weight it's like we're going to we're going to perceive that we're going to learn that i remember my mom was like got to lose that extra 15 pounds like she's been saying that for i don't know 25 years now right <laughs> um, or or like just seeing her go on like you know the the member the 
like cayenne pepper and lemon oh juice. Oh my diet. god! Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. So I did I saw, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. So I saw my 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 mom go through that, but but so there's that side of it of of like the modeling, like the mirroring and the modeling of our caretakers. So there's that, and then and then also when we develop ruptures in our system, when we develop ruptures in our in our body, like the body remembers everything. And so if there is a rupture of like, I don't feel safe or, or I don't feel validated or I don't feel loved or I don't feel comfortable, you know, this like wound of like, I never feel comfortable in my skin. Well, well, maybe, maybe like comfort is food, right? That's why we call it comfort food. And, and also like we can take this in another direction as well. But, um, a lot of my clients are, are, were, had, had sexual trauma. Well, when an, when an individual has sexual trauma and it was like really traumatizing for their system, they're going to create a physical barrier to intimacy because yep. they're terrified of that ever happening again. So they're like, well, if I just gain weight, I, no one's going to think I'm attractive and this will never, I will be protected. Right. Well, they come to me because they think they have a quote unquote food problem. And I talk to all my clients. I say, you know, it's never about the food. It's never about the food. Like the the actual thing here is so much deeper, so much deeper. And if we were to go go inside and like really understand and figure out what does our system actually need, and 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 treating the core need, not the thing that we think that we need, it's it's so profound. And so, our relationship with food is a blessing because it shows us where the healing needs to happen. And so looking back on, on my life and looking back when I had eating disorders, it was like, it, it, it showed me a direct line to the core need that I really desired. And even now, like, I don't think my eating disorder hasn't gone away. I've just completely changed my relationship to it. So do I still have thoughts of like, ugh, ugh, my body, uh, blah. of course, but it never manifests in my behavior anymore because I know it's not about the food and it's not about my body. So if I'm projecting something onto my body saying I'm fat or I'm this or I'm blah, 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 that is a call and an invitation for me to go deeper and ask myself, what is this really about? What is it really about? It's never about, like, I was a fitness competitor for many years. I was, you know, 120 pounds and just made of muscle. And I put those sparkly friggin' bikinis on and the orange spray tan and strutted my stuff on stages all over Canada where I'm from. And I was never, I was so unhappy. Like, the most unhappy version of myself ever. I was so unfulfilled. I, I was, I was being, a, I was a fitness competitor because I was trying to fulfill a need that, that, so desperately needed to be filled with love and compassion and kindness and just truth. But I was, I was chasing shiny balls thinking that I was going to find that on a stage. Yep. A lot of, uh, a lot of people do that. We're, we're all, uh, up until now, I have to say that up until now, because this whole thing that's been going on this year in 2020 is really to me, about all of us waking up and mm. and learning how to love ourselves first and nurture ourselves first and anything else that you know in 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 the lockdown a lot of external stuff got taken away like you're no longer going to an office or you're no longer 
going out with friends or you're no longer. So all that, so that you, mm. you know, it's like the universe is saying, okay, mm. time for you to take care of you mm-hmm. and to, and to learn to love yourself so that that external, the needs that we have or the desires that we have within ourselves, right. Aren't for us to take something from the outside and right. And put, it's like the people that shop all the time, you know, oh, let me put on a new thing, a bright and shiny, whatever. It, yeah. it, you're just still trying to take the, the thing that your heart is asking you to be mm. and asking you to receive. It's, it's, it's really clever to figure out like, what is that desire? Cause I mm-hmm. think, I think those external cravings for a new outfit or a piece of cake or a new boyfriend, <laughs> like those cravings, there's an intelligence in those cravings. But what the mind does is it distorts it to think that we need the new outfit versus like we need to just friggin' slow down and, and feel our trauma. And so my invitation for people is like, honor the desires of the external, but don't give in to them and redirect them. Like, so for instance, it's like if someone's listening and they struggle with emotional eating, which I'm sure so many of your listeners do because so many people do in general, how can we understand that we have this craving for this chocolate cake, but go deeper? What is the act? Like, what is it that we really want? Like, do we want comfort? Are you lonely? Do you need a hug? Do you need some great sex? Do you need a walk on the beach by yourself? Do you need to meditate? Do you need a silent retreat? Do you need to just freaking cry your eyes out? This morning, (laughs) I just cried my eyes out for like 20 minutes with my roommate because I was bummed about something and I could feel the energy in my system. And my mind was like, go for a run, right? Because my mind's like, let's just fucking distract. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Let's just distract this, right? And so I've got a gym in my garage. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm, I was like, before I speak to Susan, I'm going to go for a long run. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm, and then I sat with it. I'm like, no, I just really need to cry. Cause I'm just like super bummed about what happened this morning. And it's not a big deal. It's not like it. I know everything happens for a reason, but my inner child was like, I'm not good enough. He didn't choose me. You know? Yes, not, I do know. Yeah. I've got that. I've got that whole, uh, it catches you unaware too, right? That whole thing of not good enough, of not feeling uh, valuable or, or being seen or heard. And, and, it, and I'll be going along just fine. And then all of a sudden something will happen and my gut, I feel it in my gut, yeah. you know? And the first thing is I, I want to open a bag of pretzels. You know, I want to, and I, and and I agree with you. I so agree with you. It's, it's so vital to really check in, to really check in. So Samantha, you talked about the breath work really helped you to heal. So talk to, talk to me a bit more, share with my listeners what that is, because what this conversation I think requires courage, Mm -hmm. this entire conversation in order to really move into loving and accepting yourself, making mm-hmm. sure that you're safe, trusting yourself. It, it takes courage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes breath work will bring stuff up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So my whole philosophy for transformation is we have to feel in order to heal. Right. I mentioned that already. We have to get, true transformation happens in the body, not in the mind. And I know you're 
Yeah. yeah. Brilliant with this. Breathwork allows the direct access to be in our body. Now, that being said, the body stores a lot of memory and emotion and trauma and the rest of it, which is why we're like, I don't want to be in there. And so it's really important that we slowly open up our window of tolerance to start to feel deeper. Mm-hmm. And so breath work, because it breath work literally unhooks the mind and allows us to drop into the body without thought. We're not thinking about, okay, now I got to release my mind. Now I got to get into my body. Breath work just takes us there. Now, for an individual who, who hasn't had a ton of trauma, I mean, we've all, we're all traumatized. If you're human, you've got trauma. But for, for an individual who doesn't have a ton of trauma, they can go on like a deep dive into breath work very quickly and they'll love it. For someone who has had a ton of trauma, maybe they've been sexually abused, maybe they've just grown up in a really bad situation, um, whatever it is, we got to go slow. It's, it's for everyone, but we got to go slow. Um, we got to slowly introduce the body to what energy feels like in the system, slowly but surely. And, and why is that? We can re-traumatize, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, so mm-hmm. if, we, if, if we go right into a deep breathwork session and we activate the limbic system, which is the house of a lot of memory and emotion, and you have a memory of the time that you were sexually abused and you don't have the tools to be able to handle that energy in your body, you're going to re-traumatize your system, disassociate and never do breath work again. When really breath work is the medicine that that can really begin to help and heal. Um, So we got to be really gentle with the system. And so I love using breath work for people who have, um, who struggle with emotional eating because we can tell the difference between what is an emotional hunger cue and what is a physical hunger cue. Uh And even when we are on the verge of a binge, even doing something as simple as... For 90 seconds, that's called the triactive breath. Even doing something like that for 90 seconds can shift our emotions and we no longer want the very, we want that, we want the brownie. Then we can go to that second stage and go, what is it that I actually want? What am I really hungry for? What's the true hunger here? Oh, I feel lonely. I, I just need like, I need support. I need, I need a hug. I need, I need a conversation. I need a good cry. Like I had this morning, like whatever it is, like, I just need to like emotionally release. Mm -hmm. We are emotionally constipated to the point where like, we don't even have maps on how to release the energy in our body. Like, so, so if you look at it like food, right, we eat food or I'm drinking this massive gallon of water and, and our body processes it. We, we crap it out. We pee it out. We let it flow through. Well, we walk through our, our, our day and we take in energy and we take in emotions and those emotions, if they're traumatic or frozen in time, they get stuck. And if we don't have a path and a map to process, we're just going to be holding all of that emotionality in our system for decades. Yep. Think about road rage, right? Someone cuts you off and you're like, and you freak. It's not because you're not mad that he cut you off. You're mad because you have 30 years of suppressed trauma in your system that just needs to release, right? Yep, yep. So when we can unhook the mind and get into the body, we have deeper access to release all of that stuff. So it's so interesting to me because I totally am in, we're in alignment. We knew this last time we talked because, um, and that's what I do with my clients too. It sounds like, and you do it, uh, is help guide them to where they can begin to emotionally release that system of energy that's stuck. Because if, if we don't release those emotions, 
then it comes out as a physical ailment, like a disease. Like I became diabetic mm-hmm. 30 years ago mm-hmm. because I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't in touch with my feelings. I was ignoring them, mm-hmm. you know? So oh, completely like it starts off as you've got the intuition, right? And the intuition's like, oh, you probably shouldn't do this. Yeah, we probably, it's, it's, it's quiet. It's gentle. It's subtle. It's very, the intuition's very subtle. And it's difficult to hear our intuition when we're not in our body. When oh, we're in yeah. our, when we're in our ordinary mind, when we're in our structured mind, there's a lot of noise there. There's a lot of judgments. There's a lot of black and white thinking. There's a lot of murmur, 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 left and right, right and wrong, blah, blah, blah. So we got to get into our bodies in order to feel the subtleties of our intuition. Now, if we don't have the tools to be able to get into our bodies and feel the subtleties of intuition, we're going to override our intuition. It's speaking, oh, but we're yeah. going to override it. Oh, yeah. And so when we override it, then we get knocked around a little more. The universe is like, oh, she didn't hear. Or he didn't hear. All right, well, let's put a bigger boulder in their way. So maybe the lesson becomes more obvious, right? So then the boulder comes and we're like, oh shit, here's this massive boulder here. And if we override that boulder as well, then it will manifest as disease in the body. Yep, yep, yep. Right? So um, I, I, I do a lot of work with Hay House. They're my publisher and uh, bless Louise, but she wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. Well, she makes the connection between what are the physical ailments in the body and what is the connection emotionally? And how can we begin to work on the emotional level to begin to heal the physical? And, you know, uh, Joe Dispenza also does a lot of great yep. work on this exact thing of like tracking it back. Last year, I, <laughs> just going to be so vulnerable here. Um, I, I struggled a lot with a bladder, bladder infections, chronic bladder infections. And I'm like, what the heck? And you know, every doctor is like, pee after you have sex. I'm like, I know that. Like, that's like, you know, the first step, but it was all tied back to an emotion. Like I was holding on to resentment. And when I, when I identified that piece and I began to work on that piece, like things really began to shift and heal. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've struggled this with this my whole life and now gone. Done. Exactly. So it's just fascinating. The body's so fascinating. And when we can, the body is the healer. Like we are, you know, my next book is called You Are the Drug. It's like, you are the drug. Like we are our own healers. We are our own medicine. I love that. I so agree with you. I love that. So uh, Sam, when the book comes out, how can people get it? hungryforhappiness.com slash book. And you can grab it on Amazon, grab your receipt number and pop your receipt number on that page. And then you'll have free access to my 21 day food and body meditation as well. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And if people that are listening want to work with you, because, mm. because here, here's what I was hearing when you were talking about the breath work, it sounds like, um, and I believe in this fully that you kind of, you need someone to work with you instead of you just doing it so that, mm-hmm. so that when the emotions mm-hmm. come up and you mm-hmm. may not know how to handle them, you're not mm-hmm. in a tsunami of mm-hmm. crap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are struggle with emotional eating, um, just go to hungryforhappiness.com and all the resources and programs are there. If you're interested in breathwork, pausebreathwork.com and all the resources are there. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And you guys, again, she has a podcast, so you can listen to her podcast yeah. too. There's lots of insightful things. Yes. Um, thank you, Samantha, for joining so me today. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I've said this before. I'm saying it again. It, you are a blessing 
And I am so grateful that you were able um, in your life to turn Mm -hmm. yourself around in a way that is now um, supporting so many. Say your mission Mm -hmm. again one more time. To reduce human suffering and increase consciousness through breathwork and embodiment. I love it. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. I love it. So thank you. And I, I can't wait until your book comes out. So I'm thanks so for excited. joining us. I'm, I'm, so excited. I'm excited with you and for you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. You're such a treat. <laughs> thanks. So uh, until next time, I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanborell.com. You can... See all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.